listening to a song called Drinking With Me by Will Erickson. And we actually have this man on the podcast today. Hello. Welcome, Will. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. So uh, thank you for giving us some intro music to break up the monotony of... What is it? Flights Flight to Tunisia. Tunisia. <laughs> Our royalty-free tracks, which, um, you know, we're making literally dozens of dollars on this podcast. So with all that money, you got to think like, all right, what do we spend all, the, all this cash on? We have all this free cash to spend. And we opted to not spend any of it on our intro music. That's all right. Fuck first impressions. <laughs> but hey, thank you for actually uh, breaking it up, letting us play something else here. Um, when did you write that song? Did you write it? Yeah, I wrote. I um, I write all my music. I, I wrote that song. Uh, shoot, man, probably six or seven years ago. Um, and then played it out for a good while before I recorded it and put it out on an album. But it was literally about like in college, just how I was a wrecking ball in college when it was like drinking and stuff like that. Hell yeah, and yeah. So I, uh, so it's kind of like you're gonna you're gonna regret ever drinking with me. And a lot of people did for a little while until I kind of got it under control. You know, you're a young guy, you know, out there do you do single. That? I've yet to learn. Yeah. You learn how <laughs> to troll it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think some days it just clicks. You know, they say stuff just clicks for you. When so. you say wrecking ball, you mean like Miley Cyrus wrecking ball or like... <laughs> I don't know. If, I mean, like, she's pretty wild out there. Um, I would say like maybe a notch under that. You know, how, I wasn't like naked on a wrecking ball. I was just going to ask you, how do you think you'd look in that lingerie? I I think... Wait, which of us would look the best? None of us would look I was, good. I don't. I don't want to even which picture will, that man. Bit, I think. I, I think. I'm. I'm gonna go uh, with my man Brandon Brister up in Indianapolis. Yeah. I, I think he'd look pretty good in it. No, man. Marcus is an Adonis. He's like a. He's like a Greek god. No, but but <laughs> Brister's kind of like hairless. So like you could at least like close your eyes real tight and just picture like he, he was. <laughs> For sure, I, for I, sure. I'm not taking that as a compliment, and also thank you. <laughs> oh, that's 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 a fucking great line. I'm not taking that as a compliment, but thank you. So, in the news today, welcome to the Sports Memory Podcast. Uh, Antonio Brown has retired from the NFL. Wink, now, wink. Wink, wink. Quote, now, unquote, retired. Yeah, because on so many different levels. Number one, is it really retiring when nobody calls you? I like, don't know. Ask Des Bryant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Des Bryant. Who else? Who else Aaron is like? Johnson, yeah. Ocho Cinco. Yep. Ocho Cinco. Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. It, it happens with the wide receivers, I apparently. I was about to say, it's all wide receivers. <laughs> There's just something psychotic about these guys. Well, there are some players that they just drag out their careers way too long, and they don't really get any calls, and those are kind of the more embarrassing retirements. This is pretty bad because he's, he's literally retiring because nobody wants to touch him. I mean, yeah, I mean, his last full season, he had over 100 catches like he's still he's still a stud. What's the what are the Vegas odds on him coming back this year? Because I'm certain he does. Uh, Vegas expert. Oh, I can guarantee you that they are not up yet because um, I was um, as we're talking about <laughs> college football Heisman's. I was looking at all the props for football in general and him coming back out of retirement is not on the list yet. That's our Vegas expert, yes, yeah. Marcus. There, yeah, dude, keep us posted I will take on that. All of your money. He, he's not coming back. I've, I've said, I've had to say this a half a dozen times on this podcast. It, it's not that he's not good enough. He is still a top ten wide receiver. 
It's that no, he can't exist in a locker room. It's beyond repair. He's not worth the PR. Define coming like, back. Yeah. For, for, for gambling odds. So I know. Just, just so I know. Suits up and makes a catch. Not just in, on the in, in, a, in a regular season game. Since, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Right. I think there's situations in the NFL that he could actually do well in. Um, I think he would do well up in Seattle because uh, Pete Carroll's a guy, you know, he kind of lost control of the locker room towards the end of like Sherman and, and Michael Bennett's ten, tenure. Speaking of Michael Bennett, Michael Bennett also retired. Um, but I think Pete Carroll overall has a pretty good control of the locker room. You really need a guy like that. It is very interesting, though. That if Bill Belichick can't control you, nobody can. Well, I, I don't think there was a control issue at that point because when he was in uh, New England, um, something stemmed up from prior use, so they had to cut him because there wasn't right. any, any trouble at the moment. It, it was the sexual assault allegations from the, the chick True. that he was in all these videos yeah. with that they released the video. It's like she's literally just like in his bed all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't rem- remember like um, him really being anything other than just like loving being with the Patriots. Right, and so like, and you for, for, I, the, for the week that he was for with the him. week he was there. So I, I feel like he had found a happy place, but then his past came back to haunt him, and then he was just like, "Screw it, I'm who I am." I actually agree with that. He 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 actually genuinely seemed kind of happy. He had like this sparkle in his eye. I mean, he, he was, was like he was bunking with Brady and he stuff. was spooning with Brady. Um, and you know he gets in there deep. Um, <laughs> but you, he just had like this glow about him. Like, ah, this is where I need to be. And then Brady's probably such a power bottom. Oh, (laughs) dude, he's the best power bottom, man. You know why? Because he's such a team player. Like he's not going to try and take too much of the share. You know what I'm saying? He's a giver. He's always taken less throughout his entire career. So you you need that in the power bottom. One (laughs) hundred percent. So yeah. With Michael Bennett and as we all take a drink, (laughs) with 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 Michael with Michael Bennett and AB retiring. Um. Let's say they both are, in fact, done. Michael Bennett's definitely done. He's not, he hasn't been good for years. But uh, are either of them Hall of Famers? So, for me, assessing Antonio Brown purely on current-to-date stats, um, he does not quite fit the bill. He has some really good numbers. So, he obviously, uh, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, which is excellent. Um, he only played in eight seasons. Uh, in which he, you know, uh, I mean, if we're, if we're not counting the, the one-game sample for New England last year. But, I mean, he was incredibly productive. He had, of those eight seasons, he had 600-yard reception seasons. Six. That's insanity. Um, but to me, there's just a little bit too much of, like, um, if you look at his production in the, in the era that he plays in compared to some other guys, it's not quite enough. Like, I needed another season or two, essentially, to get him to where that you need to be. So, so Newman, I, I referenced this site uh, a few weeks ago when we talked uh, We talked to Matt Ryan, if Matt Ryan was a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I referenced this pro football reference um, sheet. Uh, do you think Kelvin Johnson is, uh, is a Hall of Famer? At 100%. Yes. Antonio Brown, by this, by this metric, yes. is more qualified than him. 100% Having- agree with that. And Andre Reed, already a Hall of Famer. Antonio Brown, 
uh, by this website grades out better. See, but the, um, the, my problem with this website that you reference is it it meshes errors, eras, and that's you can't do that because the, the thing about the Hall of Fame is that it is like a ticking clock. Like it takes five years after you retire for you to be eligible. They do that on purpose. It's so you know you're you're it's a sliding scale and um, guys are being compared with their contemporaries. You're comparing him to what? Who'd you say, Reed? From Andre Reed, Andre like Reed from the like the late Buffalo '90s, Bills. early 2000s. Yeah, the the Buffalo Bills stud receiver from their four straight pole. Still Bowls. a still a still a different era. Um, the, par- the parallel what I was drawing there is on paper, Antonio Brown looks like a Hall of Famer. Um, but me, when I, when I look at that, I mesh a couple different things. I I I mesh together accomplishments, um, team tenure, and statistics. And the closest he ever made to a Super Bowl was was one year, mm-hmm. uh, and that was his first year when he wasn't a contributor. Um, right, he, but he, Calvin Johnson never came close to a Super Bowl, so we don't count that against him. And we all think yeah. he's a Super Bowl. Well, here, here's what I like to look at when I look at um, whether or not a guy is a Super Bowl. So, pulling up Pro Football Reference, the site that you uh, that you that you mentioned there, if you look at his actual statistics, he only has two seasons in which he led the NFL in catches, two seasons in which he led the NFL in yards <laughs> only. One season in which he led the NFL in touchdowns. If you look at Calvin Johnson's, he's got a lot more than that. That's the difference, in my opinion. It's, it, it seems ticky-tacky. Um, he, he was a top-five wide receiver for seven years straight. So I, I, I don't agree at all with your assessment that he's not a Hall of Famer. And, and I do like Brandon's parallel to say that if you think Calvin Johnson's a, a Hall of Famer, then A.B. is 100% a Hall of Famer. They had about the same length of careers, um, they were both equally dominant, I would say. They played pretty much very similar years, and Antonio Brown was the better wide receiver for some of those years. Um, the fact that he was the n- almost definitive number one pick for fantasy for like three years in a row, you remember that? The only guy that I can remember that was always that guy was LT. Or like, you know, there's been a few guys, but for me, you have to be the best at your position for a decent amount of time, four seasons as an all pro. That's pretty damn good. When you look at this six year stretch that he went through, the guy was fucking dominant. Um, That's a fair point. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the comparable though of Calvin Johnson. Like if you think Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson had a very brief career. If you think Calvin Johnson's a hall of famer, I like that comparison. I think you have to put AB in the hall. Yep. Yeah. That's I, I, I think they both are, but I think there's arguments for that. They aren't. On, on both ways. Well, didn't Calvin Johnson have a season in which he, like, co- abominated the y- total yards record? Yeah. Like, like yeah. almost like 2,000. crushed it. Whereas, obviously, nobody else has done that um, on that level. So, <clears throat> that that's kind of one of the things where I give him that edge, where it's just so ridiculous, his he performance. Was he was unstoppable. Like, you could not stop him, period, for y- years. Um, are we talking about it? See, I don't even know if you're talking about Antonio Brown or Calvin Johnson because I, I could say that about both of them. Both are incredible both. dancers, though. Yeah. Great. <laughs> sure. Just unstoppable players. Uh, Michael Bennett, I think we all agree. There's no chance in hell Michael Bennett's a Hall of Famer. N- no. For me, he doesn't have... So he was, like you said, he's. I don't think he was ever the best player on his team. Maybe on some of those bad Bucks defenses, he was the best player on that Bucks defense. Right. Um, but outside of that, you know, he, he he's a quality player, but he doesn't have... The numbers, the metrics, the um, the influence on the game. He was always playing with really good players around him, and it, I think they boosted his his value a little bit 
because of that. So do you guys buy into uh, considering like personal issues with Hall of Fame? Because if you are of that uh, opinion, then I could definitely see you saying put Calvin in. Because, dude, Calvin was flawless in terms of character. Uh, Antonio Brown was pretty much flawless throughout his entire career until the hit by Perfect when he became a complete insane person. Yeah, so <laughs> I do not really factor in much of that unless they do something completely that's absolutely unquestionably disgusting. Uh, for the most part, I, I, I'm just so like, like, you know. murder would be like where you draw the line. <laughs> sure, or like Darren Sharper right. when you uh, assume, uh, uh, like Darren Sharper has like multiple rape allegations yeah. with all this stuff. That, to me, if he was if he was good enough to be in the Hall of Fame, not a chance I would ever put him in it. Like, there's no way I'm honoring that. I, I hate to say it, but I'm very black and white when it comes to this. Like, oh, like, <laughs> good like, choice like, of words. Like, what, yeah, you're welcome. When it comes to <laughs> your um, um, an award, the Hall of Fame for your achievements on the field, I think it should be all based on that, not outside of the field. Agreed. I, I, I think it's very yeah. just split it down. So nothing so, else matters. So Pete Rose should be in the hall too, I, right? I, I, oh, oh absolutely. God. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Um, oh my God. The 100. 100%. 100%. The clause where for for the baseball Hall of Fame, where it comes from in, in terms of where they put that character clause in the Hall of Fame, that comes from this guy. His name was Kennesaw uh, Landis, who was the first commissioner of baseball ever. And he's a well-known racist. So fuck that guy and fuck everything he stood for with that clause. Also, like, fuck you oh, for yeah. knowing that, Newman. God, yeah, damn, really your mind shit. is fascinating, dude. So we were in, we were at the MGM a couple years back, and um, we're sitting in the lobby. Uh, me, Kurt, and Robbie, and we're sitting there just drinking. And I look over and I go, "Holy fucking shit, that's Pete Rose." <laughs> he was sitting over in this little booth in the MGM, uh, waiting to sign autographs. Nobody was there. He was just sitting there, and it was the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, if I hadn't heard so many stories about Pete Rose and how much of a complete piece of shit that guy is, personally, I would approach him and, like, just, like, obsessed over him. I know a lot of his stats and just, like, but I, that guy kind of dug his own grave 100% deserves in the hall. But, dude, if you could have seen the look on Pete Rose's face in this MGM just sitting there all alone, yeah. this guy is absolutely... If you don't think he's served his punishment for his crimes, you're wrong. The so, guy wears it on his sleeve. So my I thing, take the, my I thing would with take the bet that uh, Antonio Brown in 20 years is sitting in the MGM, yeah. people <laughs> with autographs with nobody at his booth. Fair enough. Yeah. Yes, uh, I'll fucking go to his booth 100. Uh, percent On the Pete Rose thing, just for a moment, I love AB. One thing that I think that I heard this point made before, and I really liked it, so I kind of adopted it. Pete Rose was both a manager and a player, and his violations were strictly as a manager. There are people who are in the Hall of Fame as both a player and a manager. So if we're going to separate them and put them in twice for both of those instances, Pete Rose should not be allowed to touch a baseball or be involved in baseball at all anymore in his, in his life. As a manager, he should never touch the field or be a coach or anything like that. And manager Pete Rose should obviously not be in the Hall of Fame. Player Pete Rose, there's no question that that guy deserves to be in the Hall of yes. Fame. Yes. Yep. 100% agree. I'm in agreement he's on in the that. social media Hall of Fame. Hmm. Oof. In the, I think in, that's the in only the, Hall of Fame he's going to see, despite, uh, despite I think he's uh, got the credentials to. Anyway, I, I think that, that whole, this whole thing was like just um, something to like, because didn't he like just come out with like an album or something like that? That Himothy or whatever it is. Antonio That's, Brown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so fire, like bro. You got to check just, it out. I feel like this is just Mc, to like Miguel Mendor or Antonio Brown. Brown. Buy them cannons. Oh, my baby. <laughs> 
That's actually a sample from AB's new. Nope. That is Miguel Mendor, uh, Tampa Bay legend, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, so uh, <coughs> moving on here. Newman it's trivia. Newman segway. Segway. Newman trivia setup brought to you by Antonio Brown retiring. <laughs> Okay, so there have been 117 seasons in which a pass catcher has had at least 100 catches. Antonio Brown is tied for the lead with six. Name four. Name the four other players who have at least 500 catch seasons. Randy Moss? No. Jerry Rice? No. Chris Carter? No. Tim Brown's one? No. Um... No, they're all more recent than most of the guys. That yeah, because re- receptions are very much a product oh, of, the new, of the new NFL. Wes Welker is one. He has five. Steve Smith? Edelman? You got to think Steve of... Steve Smith, no. Edelman get, had like three. You got to think of PPR gods. Rice had four, by the way. So he's so he's not quite on the list, but close. Yeah, Michael, Tom, Michael Thomas will be there in a year. <laughs> yeah, he's only got two right now or something. Um, all right, are you ready for the list? Or do you want to keep guessing? Uh, Recent... Uh, I mean, we already mentioned Antonio Brown. So, so Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is another one. That's two. Uh, and he's still playing. God bless him. Um, who else, guys? Come on. PPR. Uh, we're we playing a PPR league. We can get this. So the other two are a little bit older. They're not playing anymore, but they weren't aren't all that far from playing. Was like, was Bolden one? No, he had a couple. Ocho Cinco? Nope. I don't think oh. he had any. Yeah. Uh, Owens? Maybe. N- no, Owens did have one. Are you are you you got any answers in there, Brandon? I don't. Oh, let's hear it. All right. I'm even, I'm so even the, the person that he's tied with. We need Scott back. The person, on. the person that he's tied with, with the other person who has 600 100 catch seasons, is Brandon Marshall, uh, out of UCF, by the way. Um, and then the second, the, the 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 last one that you didn't mention is Andre Johnson, former Texan. Oh, great. we should have wow. fucking got Andre. Yeah, you probably should have gotten Andre Johnson. No but way he's, we he's, Marshall, he's so though. easily That's to forget fun. because he didn't. He was a great player, but he didn't like make any noise no. or, or anything like that. He was like, probably never the best wide receiver in the league at any point in his career. So he is was he a so Hall of cons- Famer? No. I, no. See, I think he's right there, too. And that's part of the reason why I was like, maybe not Antonio Brown. If, Fantastic if you, uppercut, too, if I remember Oh, correctly. yeah, dude. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Yes. Who was that against? Cortland Finnegan. Yes, Finnegan. Dude, that little wiry pitch. <laughs> was I, he, he played for Titans, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, dude, he's a wiry guy. That was a, that was a good fight. Yeah, was. Andre Johnson dominated that, it, though. That might have been one of the last like good fights I've seen in the NFL. In the NFL, for yeah. sure. Yes. So just, just some other context in terms of 100-yard uh, or 100 catch seasons. Um, there's a few tight ends in there, like Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz and stuff are up there. There's some other guys lower. Um, there's only one running back to do it twice. Falk with Christian Tomlinson. McCaffrey. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, interesting. Yep. <clears throat> so in you know whatever three seasons or something, he's already done it twice. That's pretty impressive, just to be fair. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. That's Newman trivia for today. It's pretty amazing yeah, what but, you can but, do uh, when McCaffrey's you're dealing with the player in offense. Yeah, I do 100% think he's when I say overrated, I'm not saying he's he's not a top three back. He 100% is. But to put him at 99 overall and Madden to put him as definitively the best back in the NFL, I think is 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 both bullshit. Sure. I'm, I'm time sure. We'll, time we'll have, will tell the tale. We'll have, we'll have time to get into that a little bit further anyway. How good have the Panthers been while uh, CMC's just been dominating? Not very good. Has he been kind of a garbage time player who's who's been kind of the only good player in his offense? So here's the thing. Like, a lot of running backs, like, a lot of teams aren't super running back heavy anymore. It's just that's not the way the NFL is played. So to find the running backs that are really good, it a lot of times they're the, – it's – 
different situations. Like it's not he's he they need him because he's a really good receiver and he's he's a really good running back. Yeah. But I don't think he's you know I don't know. I, I, I think I, he's I, properly rated as a top three. I, I don't know if you can say like oh well you know he he's he's probably the second best and they have him as the first best. Like that's yeah, not fucking over. Right? No, but I mean, just, a lot of people definitively put him at number one. He's he's got a ninety nine rating in Madden, which. I mean, we, we, if, if you look at these, if you look at these, uh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If, didn't, if, didn't Mike Vick have a 99 fucking, rating at one point oh, too? Yeah. I mean, yeah. doesn't oh, yeah. mean shit. Not a whole, not a whole. No, I, I don't think I don't think he ever was 99. <laughs> he wasn't. No, I, I think you. I think the highest he ever got was like 96. Up. But his speed made him 99 overall. Yeah. Um. Okay. So well, McCaffrey I mean, might be awareness that that really uh, bumps your rating. I know that. <laughs> do you want to do you want to jump in here and just talk about some of these other overrated fantasy players or? Oh, we're going there. Yeah. Sure. So um, there are some guys on the board that I was a bit surprised by. Um, Le'Veon Bell, he's still getting a surprising amount of love, uh, in, according to his ADP. Mm-hmm. Not where I would put him at all. Uh, but wait, what do you guys think of it? I love Le'Veon Bell in any other system, but clearly the system that he was in last year. And there hasn't been a lot of changes to that offense to convince me that he's going to be that much better. So are you taking Le'Veon Bell in the second round? No fucking chance. I, I wouldn't. Um, now, Le- Le'Veon's obviously super talented, but he was right. definitely a product of the system in Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, you know, they had so many weapons, and that, that offensive line, even though at times they were weak, the, Pittsburgh just found the proper way to utilize Bell. Right. Would you agree that Connor is pretty average, but oh, he, he's, 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 he's above a average when he plays of, with the Steelers? Product of the system. Yeah. Product of the system, absolutely. He, he's just kind of an average guy, but he looks like he, he's like a guy you draft in the second round just because he's with the Steelers. And there, there's there's guys like that all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah, almost every other, before Zeke, almost every Cowboy running back, he'd go get paid somewhere absolutely. else. Absolutely. Alfred Morris and Felix DeMarco Jones, Marco Murray. Yeah, there was a run of them in there. Yeah. It, you have a good, if you have a good offensive line, your running game should be good, period. Like, well, let's talk about Zeke for a second because uh, if you look at Ezekiel Elliott, his ADP uh, is like two. So I, I saw... Um, what do you... Th- I mean, what, what do you think about that? A lot, a lot of people think that Ezekiel Elliott is on a downturn of his career. I don't, I don't really buy that. What, so, what do you guys think about so that? So if you sort fantasy pros by... PPR league, he's four is what I had him as. And so I, I, just, I just pulled his numbers from last year. 301 carries, which is a lot for a running back period. Um, plus 54 catches, 1,357 yards. He's three, according to Fantasy Bros. 420, okay, then it may have updated. Um, 420 uh, receiving yards and 12 touchdowns and two touchdowns receiving, right? That's pretty damn good. Is there upside left in Ezekiel Elliott, if, if he's putting overrated. up 300 yards or 300 touches plus 300 carries plus 54 catches, like a lot of wheels on those tires, or a lot of tread, not a lot of tread left on those tires. Yeah, Jesus and and so brutal. I would argue for this year, the way now they lost Travis Frederick, who is a key member of that offensive line, the center, right? And he is, he's retired, right? And I just feel like the way that the scheme, if you look at Mike McCarthy and you look at Kellen Clemens, what they wanted, or not Kellen Clemens, Kellen Moore. What they want to do offensively is throw the ball, right? I expect them to throw the ball more. I think their defense might be a little worse. So I don't think Zeke's going to get as many touches. And if that's what it took to get him to that level, I'm knocking him down a little bit. So I think he's overrated. Ezekiel Elliott and Kamara are on the board at you at four. Who are you taking? Kamara. Kamara? All day. Yeah, yeah, probably. Younger. I, yeah, I, I could buy that. I, I, I still love Ezekiel Elliott's talent, and um, I like with the change of system. Um, I think I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in on Ezekiel Elliott. I think I would take maybe Zeke there over Alvin. 
For sure. And talent-wise, I'm still Kamara. Uh, Zeke's just, uh, honestly, that offensive line has it's been so un- good. ungodly. Exactly. Like, come, like, come on. Um, someone had a, um, can't remember what stat it was, but they were talking about Zeke's lack of, uh, like, 20-yard runs. He's just no, no big plays, but just consistently 8, 10 yards. But he's getting 5, 6 before people are getting there. So it's true. So I, 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 I don't want to say middle-tier guy, but um, I, could, I could probably uh, slide Zeke into the – well into the five ten range. Would sure. you push him to the second if if in a PPR league? No way. No. No. No, no chance. I, I could see it happening for me just because I'm kind of wanting to bet against it, but I won't have to worry about it because somebody else will take him um, way ahead of that. So. I'm seeing like Kenyon Drake at ADP thirteen, and there's no fucking way I'm taking Kenyon Drake above. I've Zico seen Kenyon Drake sure, a sure, lot as a Dolphin no fan, and I'm gonna tell you right now, just stay away from that guy. What What about Derrick Henry? So. Um, Derrick Henry, I do think, is a little bit overrated. So he, I saw him at at eight. What do you have him at? Uh, PPR league. I mean, he 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 is at eight on this on this stat. I I, I would take him at eight, but I've seen him higher. Mm-hmm. I've seen him at like five. I've seen him at four, and I think that's insane. If if you're putting him over like Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, I think that's crazy. Yeah. Derrick Henry, if you look at his his stats last year, he had just phenomenal games. Like he made some of your games, like. 30 plus point games. Then he had games that are like six point games. How many? And I hate guys like that. I hate, I would so much rather have a Dalvin cook. Who's putting up 27 points every single week. And then he's not playing some weeks. And so you sub a guy in like, yeah. you know, to sub a guy in. I mean, Dalvin so cook, what did he miss? Like two games last no, year? No, but I'm just saying like yeah. when, when he's out for the most part, yeah. he, you're, you know, to sub a guy in. So it's like, you're not like, you know, when he's in, loss. he's going to give you this amount yeah. of points. I would rather have a guy that gives me 27 every week than a guy like Derrick Henry who randomly gives me 42. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like 100% I'd rather have the consistent threat. And so Derrick Henry, he, he goes off in some games. I think it's a recency bias in that everybody is remembering the Derrick Henry that was just so uber dominant in the playoffs last year. You so mean, that, that was right special, but there's no way he's going to be year. able to do that um, again. Years ago. So, so here's my thing um, with, with the Derrick Henry thing that we have to, when we say recency bias, this is a factor. Ryan Tannehill took over that offense and it became much more explosive, which opened up the running because they could throw the ball down the field. True. So that being a factor and a full season of Ryan Tannehill potentially makes his value a little bit better. The end of the day, the Titans have a good offensive line too. That's one of the reasons that makes Derrick Henry, you know, as good as he is. So, I mean, to me, if he was at eight, I would take him. I might take him at seven, but I'm probably taking two or three wide receivers ahead of him, plus maybe four backs. So, you know, that, that, that range, I think, is pretty fair. How many yeah, wide receivers all, all would you take over? All three wide receivers that we covered last week, I'm taking over Derrick Henry. Th- that, that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Espe- espe- <clears throat> well, and you have to 100% stipulate PPR. Yeah, y- In a PPR so, league, yes, so, 100%. So I, I like to look at PPR mostly because I feel like the, the majority of leagues have moved to that. Or at least half PPR. Very rarely. If you're not playing in a PPR league, get your fucking <laughs> shit together. You're not playing in a real fantasy league, right? So, I'm, so looking at a standard, is, it to me is not um, is not not good information. So right. I prefer to not look at the PPR leagues. They're so boring. I, I I have I've had like I, I've had friends who like gone on vacation. They'll say, "Hey, can you monitor my league?" David Huey asked me to do. Oh, I probably shouldn't say his full name. Anyways, you can um, edit that. <laughs> so I I'm not going to. Uh, so. <laughs> So I went in and I looked at his league and it was standard and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like guys are averaging like nine a week. Like this is so boring. This is yep. even boring. Real. Oh, boring. 
boring fucking league. I, I'm sorry. I, hey, guys, I won my matchup 67 to 52. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's fucking go. So fucking boring. So fucking boring. All right. But, so who else we got overrated? Overrated, I think we're kind of dumb with, but underrated. Well, what about Lamar? Yeah. So I do think Lamar Jackson is overrated, and here's why. There, if you If you look at every MVP pretty much throughout NFL history, they always have a steep decline. Mahomes... Randomly avoided it last year. I don't know how the fuck Mahomes went healthy. Went healthy, but he I also don't know how Mahomes pulled off a five thousand yard season despite missing four games last yeah. year. It's absolutely incredible, and it's so Mahomes like. But everyone know how he only missed human video game. Everyone was like, "This guy's gonna miss the rest of the season." Like, right? Yeah. It so, looked like doomsday. When I say overrated, I'm always comparing to their, you know, their ADP. Right? What's his ADP? So, uh, where the hell? I had it at twenty eight. Is what I saw. Um, I was on yep, fantasy pros. That, that was his PPR. No, his ADP is actually twenty one. Okay. Um. Yes. So he's at he's he's at twenty one. That's way too early to take a quarterback. I don't care who it is. Like Lamar Jackson, dude. He didn't get hurt last year. Lucky motherfucker. He's a running. He's a running back playing quarterback. He is going to get hurt eventually. Every single MVP in NFL history, they always have a decline. Yeah, yeah. And, and so here's he the cannot thing. throw the ball, and he got exposed in his last game. So there's all these factors that are stacking against him. And he's on Madden cover. Here, here's the exactly. thing. Exactly, yep, yeah. Sure is. So here's the thing. When a guy is the MVP, they are having an exceptional performance. Statistically, how likely is a guy to repeat an exceptional performance? It's just not very likely, period. Yeah, but I'm talking steep declines. I'm, I, not, I'm not just I, saying, obviously they're declining because it was probably the best career season of their career. I, I understand, but also teams are going to be very much game planning. Hey, we have to find a way to stop this, right? That's what they've been studying in the offseason. That's what defensive coordinators have been studying. This guy who took the league by storm. So a lot of defensive coordinators studied a lot of that tape and when they get to face him, they're like, ooh, I know exactly what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? So, and plus, like we said, he was exposed. There's there's a plan to, to stopping him. Take and, away his first two targets. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yep, yep. And his is targets, which is I why... Which is why Antonio Brown would be a good exactly. fit in that offense. I was just going to say, <laughs> is, is there any team that needs Antonio Brown more than the Baltimore Ravens? I, I really don't think Seattle. so. Seattle. Agreed. Yeah, uh, Seattle could really use him. 100%. I think the 49ers could use him too. I think that'd be a good fit. But, but yep. Baltimore, no, you don't, Baltimore. Get, you don't need him. You got Debo Samuel, dude. That dude is going to break out this but year. But it's one guy. It's only one I guy. Love, I love Debo, but having Antonio Brown and Debo allows them to utilize both more, I get like, what you're more saying. effectively. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. To play off of each other, I, I do like Debo. And I mean, but you can still you got you got Kittle and you got Debo and then you got how much his, would face Antonio Brown's? How much would Antonio Brown being in that offense take away the double coverages to Kittle and Debo or whatever that their tr- defense is trying to? You'd do? almost be, it almost be impossible to to well, plus to, to double coverage any to right. to, to cover. Uh, you know and and Shanahan <laughs> loves to run the ball. Imagine if he's got a deep threat like Antonio Brown to like stretch the defense out yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. you can't stack the box with eight anymore because I got Antonio Brown. Well, yeah. well, imagine how the Niners would thrive if all the attention went off of how uh, garbage Garoppolo is and how bad and how, and how bad uh, AP is doing out there. What <laughs> mess is he causing? For sure. So you're not a fan of Garoppolo? Okay. So how about him, how about some underrated players? Yeah, underrated. Give does me any, one. Does anybody else have anything? I have a couple. So. Uh, one guy that I like, Austin Eckler. He is inheriting the offense, so he was really productive last year when Melvin Gordon was out, and then Melvin Gordon came back and took a little bit of his spotlight. But just his numbers last year, 132 carries plus 92 receptions. 92 receptions. In a PBR league, hell yeah. 557 rushing yards, 993 receiving yards. 
three rushing touchdowns, eight passing touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, rather. So, I mean, that's that's elite production you're getting. 15 in the early second round, I will take that all day. Um, comparatively, Joe Mixon at nine, 278 rushes, 35 catches, 1,137 yards, 287 receiving, five and three. Why is Joe Mixon going ahead of Austin Eckler? He, he was more productive last year, and he's going in a better offense, and he's going to get the ball more than he did last year. I don't understand that at all. I really dislike Joe Mixon, so I 100% don't get the hype behind that guy at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why is he, he going in? Why is he projected going? In the, too, he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he had like, the, he domestic was, abuse. Yeah. What a stand-up dude. Yeah. yeah. Out, of, yeah. out of Oklahoma, punched Be- some Best man at your face. wedding. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, and you drafted him because you thought he was a good talent, and he really has been very average in his career. Okay, so I, so I have a few more. Darius Slayton. Giants wide receiver came on pretty strong at the end of last season. Um, 98 overall is, is his ADP 48 catches, 740 yards, eight touchdowns. AJ Brown, Tennessee Titans wide receiver 41 overall. So 57 spots higher, 52 catches. That's four more, a uh, 1051 yards. So like a good, you know, a 300 yards more, um, and eight touchdowns. Is 300 yards receiving the difference between 57 spots in the draft? Like, Slayton could get much more run playing in that Giants offense, and they got to throw it to somebody. He's the, he's the guy that can grow with Daniel Jones, in my opinion. So I, I love Darius Slayton at that, at that value. And in some, dra- some leagues, you're going to see him go even later than 98. He's outside the top 100 in some. How about so I'm going to stop? I'm going to start from the back of my list and kind of work down. John Brown again. I have him too. How ever? How is it that every year John Brown is underrated? The guy always fucking performs. Always performs. I, I have a comp for him as well. Eighty. Guess what his ADP is? I, this I know is it. fucking insane. I know it. I'll let, I'll let the others guess. One hundred and eighteen. That's yep. crazy. Yeah. That's that's bananas. Like, so, John Brown last year seventy two catches. 1060 yards, six touchdowns. 1060 yards. That's a weird way to say it. I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, Keenan Allen going 43rd overall, 50 picks higher, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Per per this ADP, but you have even even more of a gap than that. 104 catches, so like not 10 more, 11 more. 1199 yards, so another 200 yards and six touchdowns. Is 200 yards worth 50 points to you? Not really. I don't see it. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go a few. Uh, Christian Kirk, I, I think just based on his ADP, he's definitely underrated. Uh, his ADP is at 104. So so here's my um, concern with well, Christian Kirk. Hold on a second. Let me finish my point. Uh, I think the Arizona, Car- Arizona Cardinals are only going to get better this year. Um, and I really, really, really like him to step up as the primary receiver this year. Uh, I just really like his talent, and I like that offense. If if you're any receiver in that offense, you're going to be benefiting from it. You mean secondary receiver, right? Because they have DeAndre Hopkins. Right. Yeah. That that's my that's my concern with Christian Kirk is that there's DeAndre Hopkins, there's Larry Fitzgerald, there's a little bit more Malice of Heat and Kenyon Drake. I think he's still a good player, but I'm kind of holding where he's at in terms of value. I don't necessarily protect, project a lot of upside there. Right. But one player I did love also, Jarvis Landry. Juice. Um, he is 60. I had him at 63 in, in on the on the Fantasy Pros. I don't know what you have him as for his ADP, but uh, 83 catches, 1,174 yards, six touchdowns. Then you've got, how about Robert Woods coming in 30 picks higher, 
90 catches, 1,134 yards. So that's fewer, by the way. And two touchdowns. Plus, Robert Woods added 17 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. Like, Yep, and they lose um, Cooks, obviously, so they, there's going to be more more uh, targets for him. I think I think there's going to be big years for both Cooper Cup and Woods, 100% this year. I loved having Land. I always I always took Landry because I loved having him because he was actually um, he did like you know kick return, punt returns, and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. So you yeah. get extra points off that. So loved him. Are are any of you guys big on Cooper Cup this year? I like Cooper Cup. I'm just worried he's going to get hurt. I don't I, the the Rams are like I don't know why, but the Rams. Whenever I was like looking at um, some, because uh, I know we're going to be talking about uh, a division a little bit later. The Rams are on a lot of the team's schedules, and I'm just like I'm not sure what the Rams are this year because of the way they were like a Jekyll and Hyde. They can the go to the Super seasons. Bowl, or they can be not good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Yeah, I, th- I think so, they'll be leaning more towards not making the playoffs. Um, but I'm interested to see how they operate the offense. They're going to be struggling on defense. Um, yeah, they so, are. <laughs> so, so, the, so they're going to be throwing the ball, which obviously helps the receivers. Um, but as far as the record goes, obviously there's some talent there. But I think they lost too much this offseason and did not do enough to uh, recoup right. well, to really get. Well, to what they spot. lose though? Uh, I mean, all, all their def- their defense. Clay Matthews barely played last year, so I, there's that. I wouldn't say barely played. They're going to be missing Gurley more than you think. Um, I, uh, no, I'm not worried about their running back situation at all. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I was just talking about for, for defense purposes. What did they What did they lose? Clay Matthews left in free agency, but other than right, that, I, I got a couple. I got a couple underrated yeah. wide receivers that I wanted to jump. Step in down, Newman. Sorry, <laughs> two uh, two ADP guys in the 100s that I think are getting very much slept on. One is um, Marvin Jones in Detroit. Nobody likes to sling the ball more than uh, than up there in Detroit. Uh, Stafford, uh, I think Stafford's due for a bounce back year. And uh, while Galladay is a beast, he's going to get double covered, which I really like Jones single covered. Uh, another guy, uh, Drew, you're going to love this. Justin Jefferson at an ADP of 129. I think he goes into a wonderful situation. I think he's his ADP is maybe anywhere from 30 to 40 slots Uh like lower than it should be. It, it should be, you know, just inside the, the top 100. Um, so I really like that. And then uh, a guy who I, I couldn't find his ADP off the top of my head, but he's going to be the number one is Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. I think Juju is a fine number two. Uh, but if you look at uh, wide receivers going into their second Homer year pick. under Ben, under Ben Roethlisberger, you look at Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown, Juju, second, the this the second year they always take off. And you, and to, to your credit, you've never really been a Washington fan. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> what do you that's, think, Marcus? That's, that's what do you, James Washington? What do you, by what, way. What, 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 what do you think about uh, Deontay? There's there's such explosion. Um, I still thought he was a reach in the draft, um, and I'm still not sold. He, he's going to have some splash plays. Um, probably get you a first couple uh, first touchdowns, which I love that prop. Um, but he'll he'll probably hit twenty five. Will be as high this season. But you're you're gonna see a lot of eight to twelve points, and it's just that's just the his role. One thing you can count on is Ben Roethlisberger is man. That guy is a chef like I've never seen in the NFL. He feeds his fucking mouths. So like the whole rift between him and Antonio Brown, 
Like, I have to think that Antonio Brown lays awake at night sometimes and just contemplates the mistake that he made. Because he, every guy he has ever fucking had, he feeds. Mm -hmm. He feeds everybody. Whether it's Antonio Brown or previous to him, uh, Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward, uh, uh, what was his name? The Super Bowl MVP. Um, and San Antonio Holmes. San Antonio Holmes. Antoine Randall L. Antoine Randall L. Uh, what's his name in place for uh, San Francisco? No, now for the Manuel New Orleans. Sanders. Manuel Sanders. He has, these guys are all great players, but he has jump started a lot of their careers. And a lot of these players have just kind of fizzled out without well, Ben Roethlisberger. Well, speaking of the Steelers' offense, one person I'm, I'm hyped about the sign was, I think he's probably going to flirt with double digit touchdowns this year, is going to be Eric Ebron. Um, it's going to be a, he's going to be one of those weird people to play. Uh, some days he'll go five for 30 yards and two scores. Um, yeah. but, um, they're going to be running some good double tight packages. Um, I think they're going to be a little more flexible this year with what they can do. Right. And obviously his health is going to be huge. Touchdown machine. And, and I'm cannot wait. To his watch stats it. in Indy were bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there was a 50 catches and like 16 touchdowns yes. or something. And- Dude. He, that was a weird season. He, he, he's been a bizarre player. If you look yeah. at him coming out of North Carolina, being drafted in the top 10 by the Lions, kind of being mostly a dud while he's there, because he just had these this freakish athletic ability like Vernon da- Davis style, but obviously didn't live up to that kind of production. Right. Um, and then, you know, found a second life where he could be productive in, in some other spots. So good for him. Um, I don't know that I would get – I would take the under on 10 touchdowns for sure. But um, – but yeah, I could I could see him being a being a reasonable stab at a tight end because tight end is, gets super weak at certain points. Well, so let's uh, let's let's switch gears here. Unless anybody has anything else, Let, let's go to college. I, I do have one more, and I think it's another topic we want to cover, and it's a great Newman segue. I think uh, I think another underrated. It's a Newman segue. Segue. Another uh, un, uh, underrated running back is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we were just talking about how good offensive lines produce really good uh, results. The Indianapolis Colts offensive line made Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins look really, really good. Uh, For probably 25 teams, two out of those three guys don't even make the roster. I mean, Jonathan Wilkins was like a must pickup for for a couple weeks during the season just because of how good the the Indianapolis Colts offensive line is. So, uh, you know, we, we were, we were talking earlier. Um, You know, I think I would, I would definitely take, Jonathan Taylor uh, in, in the second round. What, what's his ADP? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, it's 45. Oh, I, oh I, I'd probably have him. I'd probably reach to him in the high teens, low 20s. I hope you do. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be lovely because I don't, I don't have him anywhere close to that. See, I don't agree because uh, those two running backs you just mentioned, Himes and uh, Marlon Mack, where are they playing this year? They're, they're in Indianapolis. Exactly. So, although I love Jonathan Taylor's talent, dude, I think he's 100% the best running back in the entire draft. Um, I I love his talent. I think he's going to be a top five running back eventually in his career. But in this first year, where I think the Colts are going to be decently competitive, they're going to play just their... They're going to play a timeshare 100%. Marlon Mack is a good running back. He, he, he really is. He's a good running back. So Yeah, I think um, it's a rotation as well. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's average, but he's average enough to steal just enough snaps from... I, you, you know what I see? I see a Frank Gore, Devin Singletary situation playing out in Indy. Wouldn't you agree? Where Devin Singletary is clearly the more talented player, but you have Marlon Mack who's been there and... Uh, is just more of a veteran, and I think he's just going to get... knows the offense, all yeah. that stuff. He's going to yeah. get more carries, just kind of a default. Yeah. 
But I do also, love Jonathan Taylor as a talent, 100%. The, the other question I have about Taylor is his, his pass-catching ability. So, you know, if he's not able to catch the ball out of the backfield, he's not going to be in on third-down situations, which that takes him off the field for more snaps, right? Like, So that's where Hines comes into play and whatever. Uh, you don't Wilkie. think he's a three-down back? Wisconsin's no, system wasn't really to throw the ball. So I, yeah, I, I, right. I was about to say, if, they if, just if, pound if, the rock, if, man. If you looked at the old pro- school Big Ten. If you looked at the senior bowl, they, they tried to throw him the ball, and he didn't have a very effective day doing it. He didn't have an effective day at the combine doing it. So I, I question his hands. Um, he'll have to prove it to me. I love his comparable in Adrian Peterson, who had a great career despite not being a good receiving back. I, I'm just talking about rookie year production. I don't. I'm not saying that I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to eventually get AP there. He did but, pretty good his rookie year. Yes, but he also <laughs> didn't have to play behind multiple other guys in more of a passing style offense. So I, I think that that hurts him. A he little played bit. against the Marlon Mack of his time, which is Chester Taylor. Um, <laughs> he, anyways, he, who, who was good the year before? <laughs> Didn't Chester Taylor have like a thousand yard rushing season the season before? No, Chester Taylor was good with good with the Vikings. He was good with the Ravens. Um, but let's let's reverse. Let's go to college. So okay. we got some Heisman odds up here, and uh, Brandon, let's have you kick this off. All right. So um, you know we've talked about the 49ers a lot today. Um, the last person that was re- IU football. Uh, I'm an Indiana <laughs> University graduate. Kevin Coleman was the last uh, player to even flirt with the uh, Heisman odds. So that's why I added Mr. Michael Penix, their redshirt sophomore quarterback, at 150, uh, Where is 150 he from? to 1 odds. Uh, he's certainly not going to win, but uh, I would definitely take him over over Adrian Martinez. Uh, and 35 some of the to 1. Quarterbacks we, uh, we, we have on this list. Uh, so... Um, Big, big Penix guy here. Big Penix guy. <laughs> Dude, I almost hope he succeeds because uh, from a meme-making standpoint, he's oh, he's gold. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, where's he from, Brandon? From Tampa. T- Tampa mm-hmm. Tech, Tampa Tech, I believe, uh, yeah, high school. Tampa anyway, um, th- there's some other interesting odds here. Uh, one guy that I kind of like, who not not far above him, uh, on per this list at least, is Sam Howell, who is probably the top quarterback prospect coming out his draft class took over at North Carolina and actually was really, really good. And I think North Carolina has some pretty good receivers. So that's a guy that if North North Carolina wins that half of the ACC, you know, he's a guy that could be talked about for sure for Heisman consideration. But the guy that I'm taking for the best in terms of best odds to win it is not super low from the top is uh, Spencer Rattler. Quarterback, he was the number one recruiting club, uh, quarterback, uh, recruited quarterback in the country at coming out. Went to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's quarterbacks the last three years have finished first, first, and second in the Heisman. Yeah, sign me up for that. 12, uh, 12 to one. So this segment uh, is the one I was most excited to talk about. Um, Justin Fields, he, he's got an amazing shot. He's so talented, and I, I still think he's my favorite in the class. Um, but what you do have to take into consideration um, for this season is the conferences that are playing conference-only schedules, which includes the Big Ten, uh, the Pac-12, um, and a, a lot. Of, I'm pretty sure most of these conferences are going to be falling. Um, I all, think falling in line. I think the top five, the top, the Big Five conferences all play inter, only interconference games. Maybe they, maybe they were like, all right, at the end of the season, we'll let you play a couple out of conference, but that's it. Um, 
But so. anyway, Fields is at three and a half to one. He's the overall favorite. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't take it. I just don't like you know low odds like that in the whole season. Um, Rattler's definitely my favorite, but I would definitely suggest staying far away from Jamie Newman um, over at Georgia. But um, keep an eye on uh, Derek King at, at Miami, transferring over from Houston. Um, he's an interesting one at twenty to one. It's a it's a it's a good number. Why don't you like Newman? Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Because he's uh, not a real sports fan. Oh, 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 wait, uh, that oh, that Newman. Um, so he don't mix uh, up Newmans. Hey, leave my cousin alone. So he, right. so he excelled last year um, for a good stretch um, at Wake Forest, um, but he does have some off the field issues that weren't do, made as public as. Do, do you have any inside information on I'm, Wake Forest? I'm, neither here nor there. But, They're the Demon Deacons. Yeah, but he's got mm-hmm. he's got a lot of um, he has some not a lot, but he has some off the field issues. Um, that I fortunately weren't made public, but running into the SEC in a different system. I mean, Georgia's not really, like you know a spread a spread fantasy. Um, so, so they're switching Heisman to stat. they're switching to the spread with the new offense coordinator. It, yeah, but that's going to take time, and the SEC's ready for it. like they're SEC's fast and developed, and, and it's not going to like shock them. They're, they've seen it with Joe Burrow, so they're going to be making um, adaptations all year. My um, biggest concern for Jamie Newman at Georgia is JT Daniels got approved for. No, right, no, uh, eligibility, eligibility immediately yeah. and he was a top quarterback in the country coming out uh out of you know went to usc started as a freshman was starting as a sophomore and then literally first game gets his knee just taken out um playing behind a georgia offensive line that's a much better offensive line to play behind if he takes that starting role like he might run away with it jamie might jamie newman might not stand a chance so so yeah. my my favorite heisman pick for this year is nobody because there isn't going to be college season Mm, I hate that. I, I hate that negativity, that. bro. Okay, Come on, so man. if there is one, I would like to know why no none of you guys have even mentioned either one of Clemson's two top Etienne. offensive guys, Etn or T Law. T Law. Well, T Law is four to one. And four to he, one. Well, let's 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 face it. He kind of shit the bed in terms of expectations and performance last year. He really okay. did. Yeah, yeah. really not, good. Not he, a I mean, fan he, of the he, guy. He was he was the front runner runner have, have for the Heisman seen, last have you year. Seen our page. He We're was huge fans. <laughs> he was ab- oh, we love Trevor Lawrence. He's a b- beautiful woman. Um, and and by four to one Heisman odds for a female quarterback in the NCAA playing at D one right now. Honestly, I don't I I don't really have any comparables for it. I really and and by the way, shout out to Trevor Lawrence as a fucking um, gamecock. I fucking love y'all for love <laughs> love. Love wins, and he didn't get, get engaged to his beautiful wife, um, or his his knee wasn't outside. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fake. But uh, yeah, I like Etienne in terms of odds. Um, one hundred percent, twenty two to one. Uh, he is an electric player, and Clemson is going to be phenomenal if yeah, there is a season. It's, it's just hard because he is phenomenal. He really carried that team. Yes, he um, I'm, did. I think I, I don't know Splitting why he's votes. so good. But, yeah, but Splitting votes is what I'm concerned exactly. with there. That, yeah, that, that could thing. happen. I also like the J.P. Howell um, shout-out because, uh, dude, J.P. Howell is a tremendous talent. Uh, by far, Sam, Sam Howell. Out, of, out of all the uh, – sorry, Sam Howell. J.P. Howell, former um, Rays, Rays reliever. Shut the fuck up, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the – out of, out of out of all the out of all the quarterbacks that are just out there with tremendous talent, uh, Howell is so interesting. He's by far the biggest drop ball. Little uh, from bit of the, Baker Mayfield. What's the oh, Texas guy? What about the Texas? Uh, Sam Ellinger. Ellinger. Earlier, earlier. What do y'all think of him? He's at eighteen to one. Ellinger is. Yeah. And, and can I just be honest? When I was going through that list, um, I saw Adrian Martinez out of Nebraska. 
I was like, is this some bitch still playing college football? I was, <laughs> I was thinking about Taylor Martinez. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quarterback at Nebraska, not but a couple years before him. Sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, is he in his seventh year? So what about Chuba? Martinez isn't even a top five quarterback in the Big Ten. Fair enough. I, I think that's just the, the Scott Frost influence is, what, is what's getting him the, the boost there. And, you know, it's third year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we call that the Frost bump. What about what about Chuba Hubbard uh, at Oklahoma State? He already had some, some uh, conversation going on around him earlier this offseason with the whole Mike Gundy thing. Uh, what do you think? He, he was really productive last year. He just deleted his Twitter. I saw that. You have to be, Good. You have to be in Connecticut, <laughs> right? I think everybody should. Don't Sorry. press send. <laughs> First and foremost, remember, you do have to be in contention. You can do anything you want, but if your team isn't even close, you'd have a 0% chance of winning it. Oklahoma State's going to be pretty good this year. You think they're going to be in the top five? They returned a lot of production. It's not what I asked. Uh, they, have, they have to beat Texas, and they have to beat Oklahoma. And that's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's their list. It's not impossible. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's... I'm yeah. not 100% counting him I'm out. I'm not going to bet on a guy who's being taught by Joe fucking Dirt. Uh, <laughs> and there's too much smoke going on for me for that. It, the, Vegas has probably already adjusted for that, but give me Etienne at the same exact odds, 100%. Sure. Well, I, I don't think he's... I don't think he's a very good quarterback, but you know, we we're talking about the Scott Frost bump. We can't ignore the Notre Dame bump. You know, if if Notre Dame somehow gets to be a a playoff contender, a top four playoff, you know Ian Book's stock is gonna go through the roof despite how good or not good he is. Well they're playing so an ACC like schedule, right? To one. Hopefully. I don't even know what they're They don't even know who be. they're gonna be playing. They they yeah. could be playing a trash schedule, so that could be a very valid point. They always play a trash here, schedule. Here's, here's my question about Ian in the Book. ACC. If if you look at that that Notre Dame team, are you ever like, Oh yeah, we won this game because of Ian Book and his performance? Doesn't matter. He's a quarterback of Notre Dame. I mean, I hate it because I. When's I the last time a quarterback of Notre Dame won the Heisman? Uh, oh, Joe Montana. I have no idea. No, no, no. <laughs> I, think like it was, I think it was. It was Frazier. I think it was Rick Meyer in like '93. Wait, who am I thinking? I think is is the correct answer, but I'm not even positive on that. I need a who cares button exactly. on my little thing. That's my point. It's no, for you, the, the, the Notre Dame bump doesn't exist <laughs> not anymore. For the Notre Dame bump doesn't exist anymore. That 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 was that was the point that I was trying to make right. with with that statement. So anyway, all right. So <laughs> we're probably not gonna have a college season, but uh, oh, stop say saying that. that, dude. You're you're putting it it in the in the air, and that that's bad energy. I don't like it. Sure. <laughs> um, talking about some good energy. How about Mookie Betts feeling all that good energy right now? Yeah. So Mookie Betts, I don't I don't even know if the contract is 100 percent yet. Is it? The last I it's saw, is, it's not 100% signed or anything like that, but um, the agreement in principle is 12-year extension for $365 million. Um, 13 it, years, correct? Well, 12-year extension, inclu- and then this year, in- including this year, that's, that makes it 13 years. The total years. deal is, worth thir- is 13 years. Three, for- $392 million. That that's that's a lot of that's a lot of, oh, lot of money. God, yep. I, I would I would very much so like a little bit of that there, Mookie Betts. Yeah. Um, so that would bring him through his fortieth year. He's twenty seven years old. So uh, that's really interesting with what's going on with baseball because guys like Trout, I truly believe Trout will be productive when he's thirty eight. Mm-hmm. But guys like Betts, I mean, he's a five tool player. He's a guy that very much relies on his speed, whereas. Trout is just a fundamental batter who, even when his speed fails him, he's going to become like an A-Rod power hitter. Agreed? 
Sure, sure, absolutely. But everyone's moving to the DH. Like, everyone's going to have a DH. So that that opens the hole for the latter half of anyone's years. And Mookie Betts is a really good hitter. Yeah, he is. So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i just talking bats a ball straight up. Dude can make, make contact wherever it is. So I'm not as concerned because guys that can make contact, they have the bat speed. That doesn't fade as highly if you look at – statistically in terms of what what fades for guys the most speed will so he won't be able to play defense as much but who would you guys rather have Bryce Harper on a similar deal or Mookie Betts so Bryce Harper's on a he signed a 330 million dollar contract or Mookie Betts who signed for 392 Bryce was 10 years I think answer the questions (laughs) who cares I would take Bryce Harper I would I I, see I I would go bets 100% I'd go I'd go bets yes I think bets is the better player so I'm gonna take bets I don't mind being wrong but that's just what I go with if if I knew if I knew bets was gonna be healthy for me it's only the I mean the length is one thing but the pot the injury concern because he had the 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 fracture all right and that can come, that can stir up so easy. Bryce Harper's had some injury stuff too, though. Remember the first couple of years, he's running into walls left and right. He's oh, like, I, oh, I, nothing can defeat I, me. I don't like Bryce Harper. I think he's way overpaid and overrated. So I think uh, he's definitely overrated. Um, yeah. Some other guys who've crossed the $300 million threshold, Giancarlo Stanton, Garrett Cole, Manny Machado. I don't have a problem with any of those guys crossing that threshold, to be but, honest. But, but who is the guy that you're betting on the most to be successful throughout the tenure of that contract? Cole, out of those three, out of those three, or I, 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 of everybody, everybody that's a three hundred million dollar plus player outside trout. of trout, trout yeah, outside, of trout. Outside, outside of trout, outside of trout. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna take trout away from this because he's the easy answer. I mean, it it, it matters. Like, I think Garrett Cole is absolutely lights out. So uh, it, he's going to be so phenomenal for the Yankees for the next five years. I, His I, contract is bloated though, and he's going to be one of these guys like CC Sabathia. We're at CC. CC Sabathia found a weird twilight to the end of his career where he was all of a sudden randomly productive again. But I, I don't see that happening with Garrett Cole. I, I think he's going to be really, 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 really damn good for five years. And then he's just going to have this bloated contract for the rest of the time and probably get yeah. traded somewhere. So, so it's, it's always difficult to pick on the pitcher because they have, they're so susceptible to injuries, right? Like, right. That's the thing. That's the thing I'm most concerned with. If, if some of the hitters have injuries, it's like, all right, whatever. They had a leg injury. That's not going to affect their batting. If a guy has an arm injury or something, that they're toast for a couple of years. If you have a shoulder injury, you might be just done. Or a back injury or something. So, like, it, it, it's always questionable. And there's a, there's a phrase, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. Because they all get hurt. Like, pitchers are all going to get hurt at some point in their career. So it's just you're waiting for it to happen. And that's why I'm I'm not going to take the chance on Cole in that in that respect. Sure. Well, you know, I, I was actually thinking today about pitchers getting hurt. So obviously we know that we have a shortened season this year, 60 games. True. What really intrigued me was what's going to happen with pitch count and uh, and innings because now you're not even going to come close to that. So I, right, you're going to start seeing. I, th- I think you're going to start seeing a lot of starters instead of coming out yes. in five innings. They're going to they're going to run the whole Dude, game. Let me ask you this: How many complete games does Max Scherzer throw this year? Dude, it, like what's our over under? So he's only going to so get like what here, six starts? No, no for real though. My my my, I, I'll bet that guy probably averages. 12. He'll probably average like seven point eight innings a game. That's how, like, he, he's one of these guys that, like, 
you don't take him out. No. And it, when it's when it's in the eighth inning, you don't fucking take Max Scherzer out. He is a guy that can just. It's not just that he's an innings eater. He can dominate innings. And when you don't have a full s- scope of a season to consider, I think guys like that can are going to have an advantage because they're just going to go so deep into games, and then you throw in your dominant closer for maybe like a half an inning or a full inning, whatever it is. You don't even have to bring in a middle middle reliever. Yeah. That is that is a huge advantage. It's a good, good point, though. It, it, it really got me thinking because like how many times could you think of like, all right, Kershaw, for instance. Five yes. six five six innings one nothing game you lose two one you get a tie and then they dude oh, Kershaw just, is gonna be lights out this year uh, I'm, so I, I'm a huge fan of him and we we've had a discussion about this before with David Price where we we're talking about his stuff would tick up a little bit obviously David Price is not gonna play this year but I think a lot of pitchers that are you know maybe like hey like I don't have to worry about pitching five months I only have to worry about pitching two so I'm just gonna throw way more gas because I'm not gonna worry about tiring out at like the end of the season, you know what I mean? There's not, it's not that far away. It's right, right there. So I might throw a little bit harder throughout the course of the season. Maybe I'm not even pitching more innings. Maybe I'm just like, shit, five and fly, let's go. Um, but, you know. The, so what team is it that you're going to be most interested in watching this year? And why is it the Houston Astros? <laughs> <laughs> because of the beans. All about the beans. Uh, a million different reasons the Houston Astros. For, number one, you know they're exposed. So they're, there's going to be zero cheating going on. So you're going to truly see what's going on. And we, uh, I, I did this video yesterday. Um, already, We have a fuckload of Houston Astros fans on our page, by the way. Um, if you're listening right now, we don't mean any disrespect. It's just and good content. It man. is. It's good content. It really is. <laughs> And people are like, oh, we won 15 to 8. Nobody's disputing that the Astros are going to be good this year. We're just making fun of the fact that your All-Stars are going to be getting beamed at least once a game. Hey, hey man, uh, you know uh, Bush's Baked Beans, the commercials? They're just going to say, roll that beautiful bean footage, and it's just going to be a film of the Astros getting yes. pegged. Yeah, I'd love it. So <laughs> that, that it was so apropos yesterday that both all, all the guys, Bregman, uh, Yadal Tuve, and you had uh, uh, who uh, Springer Bre- Bregman and all, Altuve back to back, and yep, Springer and late Springer, little later, yeah, all I getting pegged. Um, uh, Altuve got hit with a ninety-five mile an hour pitch. Yeah, and did you see how far Jorge was throwing off of, of dude? Oh my god, I love it! And so people were commenting, going, "Yeah, the game was fifteen to eight. Yeah, that's why they're getting pegged because <laughs> they're losing. I, I just loved I love I love the pitcher's reaction. He's like, "Oh man!" He like pretends yeah. it super hard. Like oh, I did sucks. not mean to do that, dude. Wait, and the umps barely reacted. I love that though because you you know that those umps have been informed. If two batters in a row get punked, you gotta fucking throw the pitcher immediately, it, especially it, if it's fucking like essentially preseason. It, you know? In a real game, they would get tossed. It, in that, they're just like, "All right, that's it." It's yeah, hitting wrong. the fucking elbow with a ninety-five mile an hour. Like, I think Altuve took it in the the hip or something, and yeah. Bregman took it in the elbow. Bregman took yeah. it in the elbow. That's yeah. bad. Yeah, the, uh, the umpires are gonna I'll start warning both sides before the opening pitch. Yeah, well, <laughs> look, you know, it needs to get to that because they they've got it coming. So to our Houston fans, we really do love you guys. Like truly, like I, I, I was kind of actually rooting for the Astros when they I won went the to World a Houston Series. game last year, man. Um, you great. guys are cheaters though, and so you need to get hit now. 
Fair is fair. <laughs> no, but it's going to be going on all the season. All season. And I think it's a good topic because we've talked about it in the past. But with these limited innings, let's talk about this. There's less innings that you can peg Altuve in his stupid face. <laughs> so um, that actually works kind of against Houston a little bit because um, I'm actually worried about that. COVID, you know. I'm- <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the last of the Houston Astros batters' concerns is COVID. Right. Oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> if there's any team that was like, oh, let's let's not play this season, it's definitely Houston. That's COVID-19, sure. have you ever got fucking beaned by a 99-mile-an-hour fastball? <laughs> All right. So, 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 so let, you're, well, saying, you're saying the Astros started COVID-19? Oh, no. Let's start that I just said, I, I, that No, that's not I what I said at all. All weird. I said was that they, don't, they, they didn't want to play the season. They would have been fine with it if they had just canceled um, all right, so let's jump to uh, – we're going to completely shift, shift topics because we have a series going on here, folks, if you haven't heard of. Baseballs have series, and now we have series. And our series the is uh, – Segway, Segway. It's the Newman Segway, Segway. Sorry, I was late on the draw there. Yeah, Brandon gave you the, the automated version there. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the series that we're doing is we're, we're going to do a breakdown because not only is baseball season happening, but football season's coming real close. So – we're going to break down the NFC East. We broke down the AFC East last week, so that we we're going to start with the NFC East and uh, and jump in here. So what are you guys' thoughts? Who's going to win the NFC East? Does anybody disagree with the Cowboys? We'll just start there. Nope. No. It's fucking no. close. I mean, It is close. It's, it's very close. Vegas has it as a win total, Dallas 9.5, Philly 9. Yeah, Dallas I have plus 100, Philly plus 140. I mean, I have the Cowboys at 10 to 6, 10 and 6. That's that's the record I gave them. Um I really I, I really liked I really liked their draft. Um I thought they got an A even even though Jerry Jones was on a yacht for it. Best draft in the league. Um by the way. I thought that, you know, I thought that they did a decent job in in free agency. They they got, you know, Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe to strengthen that defensive line. I do worry about the loss of Byron Jones in the in the secondary, um, but I think that McCarthy is good enough to manage and kind of help Dak to spread the ball. Dak is a total target in fantasy if you're for quarterbacks like mid mid rounds. If you can grab him, that that's definitely got a target. Oh fuck um, you, Newman. Just I'm just letting you know, like, um, <laughs> so. The the NFC that East, goes against everything this page stands for. The NFC East plays uh the they play the the AFC North. Fuck you guys it. up there in Pittsburgh are included in all these schedules, We're and then the North. Yep, and then they play the uh the NFC West. So they have the the Cowboys go to the Rams, to the Seahawks, to the Vikings, to the Ravens, and to the Bengals. All the that's more a, reason to not draft Zeke. That's, by that's the way. probably at, at a at a at worst case scenario. That's you're looking at. So three nobody, and two. nobody disagrees with Cowboys at one. Nope. No. No. Okay. No, no. So I got him at one. Um, I don't disagree, but I couldn't agree more with how close it is. I really, really want to see what Carson Wentz does this year, and so the Eagles are 100 percent going to go through Carson Wentz, best tight end duo in the league. Uh, very, very weak at wide receiver. I love Carson Wentz talent. If I can see him play through an entire season, I think the Eagles win, but I don't have any faith in that. So that's why I have the Cowboys definitively at number one. So. Yeah, I mean Philly's got Philly's basically gonna be like relying on like what uh the a rookie wide receiver because they don't know when they're getting out. Multiple back he's multiple got that rookie wide receivers. So yeah. It's yeah. 
It's, and, I, and I love Alshon. Alshon's a Gamecock, baby. I love him. <laughs> right. So, but uh, yeah, it's gonna, they're going to go as Wentz goes. That's what I have down here. I just I made a few notes today. You know, did you guys know that Alshon was ejected at halftime of his last his last uh, bowl game that he ever played and still won uh, Player of the Game? That's awesome. Not- That's actually impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a beast. Did he punch the quarterback for the other team? No, that would so get, no, he got into it with he got in. Supposedly, he got into it with um, the uh, the the defensive back. But when you look at it, they're like, "What did the ref fucking see here? You blind son of a bitch!" Um, so and the, white? so what? <laughs> you, you may have some bias there. To yeah, be <laughs> probably no that Jason was, Peters though. That, I mean, that's like no, 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 no. Jason Peters is back. And he's I playing. He's yeah. gone. He's playing guard now. They they re-signed him to play guard because their their guard that they lost. When did uh, that happen? Last week, something like that. You know what? I took a week off. Yep, yep. So so Jason <laughs> Peters is back, and uh, that that's interesting for them. I I have I actually have the I think the Eagles' schedule is a little harder than the Cowboys, um, and then I'm concerned about their defensive losses. They lost some key members of their defense: Timmy Jernigan, Malcolm Jenkins, etc. Um, defense. Both of those guys were just overrated, though. Like, it's not like they had a stellar defense and lost key pieces. Like, well, I mean, they had issues at corner, and they addressed that with Darius Slay in the offseason. That's their lone off, uh, like addition in terms of free agency, though. That's it. It's Darius Slay and nothing else. Hmm. Yeah, but so, it's, not, it's not like their defense was like good and lost to like key players. Like, they're true. At just the same. Thing. Jim Schwartz is still the coordinator, right? Yeah. He's a very, very, very good coordinator. Yeah, yeah. but Jernigan, Jernigan is, was really important against the run. But like, they, the guys like Schwartz, they're very much about like finding these niche talents and his players. And like, they're, they're extremely aggressive, extremely aggressive defenses. So I like when untalented defenses are in those situations because if the offense can just be just good enough, maybe the defense can have just enough takeaways yeah. um, and keep them in the game just long enough. Just you see what I'm play. saying? So, so, yeah, so, exactly. So let me ask you a question. You, do you think in matchups against the Cowboys, what do you think is the most likely outcome? They split? Yes. And then they, they take the other two from both the Giants and the and the Redskins, right? No, I don't think that at all. I think I think the Redskins are, are a four-win team this year. I think the Redskins are going to be absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the Giants are weirdly kind of a dark horse. And so you only think the in Giants... That, only in that, I weirdly have faith in Daniel Jones. Okay. Um, and so I don't have faith in that team at all. Not at all. I want to be clear about that. <laughs> so so here's well, their out-of-conference, or here's their out-of-division. At the 49ers, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Cards. How many games they win? I'm just saying. One? Yeah, but they're we're talking about the division right now i know and so we're talking about the giants and so i think that they could pull an upset move on a lot of these matchups with the eagles and the cowboys and i think i think the giants could possibly have an eight win season yeah i I think a big piece that offense is evan ingram being healthy he missed missed all of last year they have so much talent on that offense eventually it's got to produce right and like you said earlier uh they have some underrated wide receivers in slayton um, I'm telling you, I think that that team as a whole, if, if, if something can just, if, if we can, if they can find a spark on the defense, all of a sudden you have a dark horse. Yeah. 100%. So I, I do like the giants offense. I don't particularly think their defense is going to be all that good. So that, that's my biggest question. Mark I agree. Them, what I'm is, saying is that if they yeah, can find a spark, then they yeah. can be good. So, so I meant, but I just meant in terms of compared to the Eagles, if you're taking the Eagles and you're like, how many games are the Eagles going to win? You think that there's the giants could steal a game from them out of them that, right? So if you're yeah. looking back at the Eagle schedule of their road games, 
uh, outside of the division, 49ers, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Cards. Do they win two? They might only win one of those games, which is kind of depressing in terms of, you know what I mean? Because those are... I don't, I'm not, I don't fear almost all those teams you just named. The 49ers going to the yeah, West Coast? I, that's literally the only one I fear. That's a loss. Of, the, of, out of all the ones you, the, you just the Steelers? named. Steelers? Yeah. How, about, how, how do our how do our how do our Steelers boys feel about that one? I'm, I'm saying it, they, they they have they have a chance 100. percent Yeah, I I think that the Steelers are the better team there. Yeah, but you're 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 talking about as if they're throwaway games. They're yeah. not. No. Steelers didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, sure, St- Steelers Barely. fans do know. Ever since they didn't have a quarterback last year. We can lose to anybody, sort yeah. of. Right, anybody. Yeah. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Like yeah. he, he was he was. And in, in, uh, by the way, can we name the rest of those teams? Cardinals and who else? The Browns. <laughs> We're acting like these are 100% wins. The, the Browns. No, I, I'm not I, saying I, that they're 100%, hear, yeah. 100% win for those teams, but yeah. how many on the road, how many how many games are giving the edge to the to the Eagles? In, I, I mean, I agree. I, I'm just saying, like, you were presenting it like it was a, a shoe-in. Like, no, 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 no. These I'm, are very much toss-up games. How many are they likely to win? Yeah. What, what are the I, likely I agree with you, but I'm, um, I'm saying, like, they, they're... They, they're an interesting team, is all I'm saying. They're, they have a lot of young talent. Either. They have so much young talent. Yeah. So what happens when this talent produces? And Saquon Barkley is still the number one fucking quarter running back in the NFL. I thought we were talking about I the don't, Eagles. Dude, I don't care what anybody... Oh, you're talking about the Eagles right yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The Eagles schedule. <laughs> oh, well, actually, that makes it even stronger. Yeah. That's what I, I, I think the Eagles are highly competitive against the Steelers. They're going to beat the Cardinals and... Uh, but they might lose to the Packers or the Browns. Like I that's, don't believe not, in the Packers it's not at all. Inconceivable. I'm, not, I'm not sold on the Packers. It's not inconceivable though, right? Rodgers could like so, throw up all these crazy numbers, but right. they still got that, you know, they, they don't okay. draft wide receivers hardly and then, ever. And then their road schedule, the Rams, um, they might win that. The Bengals, that that's definite win. Ravens, that's difficult. Seahawks, that's difficult. And then the Saints. I almost feel difficult. like we're going into this too much. Yeah, like, the story. I think it's the Cowboys and the Eagles are yeah. close second. There's some <laughs> the wild cards. Cowboys, Eagles, I like, just, I just think that it, the that Cowboys have the, the better schedule and the better players. I, I think it's kind of clearly this, the Cowboys. I have a two-game two, two game difference on them. So I'm, I think I'm going to four-game parlay this futures bet. Um, I think this division eats their own, and they, they either split or it's very close. I don't think anyone you – know, eh. I think even the, the, the Redskins, I really like their defense. I really like their front seven. Um, so I'm They're taking the, the under on every single every single team. Uh, I have Dallas going nine and seven, Philly going eight and eight, New York going six and ten, and Washington going four and twelve. Um, so I'm I'm taking the under on all of them just because it's a. I think it's very close in the division, and uh, according to if people are still listening after Newman's intense schedule rant, which he was all correct on. <laughs> Um, their their tough schedule, I think, is going to lead to everyone having a uh, under win total projection. I, I don't disagree with you, except for the Cowboys. I have them at ten and six. So, yep. Well, I mean, they'll start strong and then they'll fade and then they'll try to like pick up a couple wins later on. And that how they always do it. I like you know what you know what I think it's funny about. So we're we're doing a divisional series and it's going to be every podcast. So continue to tune in, but definitely continue to continue to tune in after this podcast because these last two have been super fucking uninteresting. <laughs> we just pretty much agree with each other. We've done the AFC East now and the uh, NFC East. I would so, have loved to have been here. So for going AFC forward, East. it's going to be a lot more contested. Uh, talk about the NFC West. So much to talk about there. The NFC North. Oh, my God. Uh, we, we've kind of started off a little bit slow, but I do think there's a lot more to be had and there's going to be a lot more disagreements going forward. We've kind of chosen two that are like 
Well, yeah, we, we're moving east to west, so no, I, mean, yeah. it's, no, I it's get fun. what we're doing. I'm yeah. just saying, like, <laughs> if if you don't buy into our divisional matchups, like they're kind of like Vegas even agrees with yeah. us does, that these are kind of shooing. Does, so. does anyone disagree? Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Redskins. Nope. All right, I, I can't. Uh, I would bet I almost anything on it. I'd bet my future. No, I wouldn't. The um, only thing interesting <laughs> about Washington this year is going to just probably be. Uh, Chase what their Young, team name the is? Chase Young. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh my God, yeah. Probably just the name. So what, what, let's go into a topic that I think we're actually going to have a lot of contention on, uh, which is going to be safety. Uh, so safety in the NFL, there was a time when it was a shoe in Like you had these guys and you just kind of knew who the best safety was in the league for a really long time. You had Ed Reed, Troy Paul, Malu. Harrison Smith has been a... Earl Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, you said those names backwards, but uh, yeah, I, you get a pass. Um, so a lot of these players have been definitively the best safeties. I think Harrison Smith a couple of years ago was definitively the best safety. Um, Ed Reed for a number of years was the best safety. Uh, and when you say safety, by the way, there are two different positions there. So I do think you have to kind of consider each individually because they are very different positions. In some defenses, what anybody says. there's three different safety positions. Exactly. To be fair. So, so, so like in, in some, the, the strong safety, free safety comparison is is very different. But for the sake of argument, argument we are just going to narrow it down to just safeties. So let's go top three safeties. Who you guys got? Because this, this is going to be all three of... All of our lists are going to be completely different. That's what I, I, I want to hear. Brandon's first. Yeah, Brandon, go. I agree All with right. your number one. At, uh, at, so I valued playmaking. Um, so where I went, I went number three, Jamal Adams, because I think he might be the best hybrid at both shutdown and playmaking. Uh, and then number two, I went Minka Fitzpatrick uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is just a, an ultimate playmaker. He, he came oh, last year, and I've never fallen in love with someone uh, quicker than uh, than Mika Fitzpatrick. I hope my wife isn't listening. Uh, and and then one um, <laughs> is uh, is is Tyron Matthew. Uh, the guy can Ooh. still do it. The Honey Badger Gross. Uh, still just continue to make plays. Gross. Um, wow. I believe he has put him one was, one uh, twenty nine. Um, so you know he he is he just doesn't get thrown at at all. Um, and, and he can make plays. So, um, that's, uh, I want Jamal Adams, Minka Fitzpatrick and Tyron Matthew. Ugh. <laughs> God. All right, Marcus, let's, let's hear your rebuttal. Well, Love the Jamal Adams. I mean, if, if you don't have Jamal Adams in your top three. Well, then I'm just going to skip number three. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I just, I wish he would just stay out of the media right at, as of right now, but he's so talented and I, I still remember his suit when he got drafted. What a stud! Um, n- number one and two, and honestly, there, there's so there's a good five six safeties that easily can slide in here. So I've got no argument either way. Um, number two, I'm going Derwin James. Um, he didn't really get to play last year, um, but just on pure talent and athleticism, um, you know, he he's just a freak. He's amazing. But I oh, uh, love it. Number one, love it. Let's just be real. The defensive player of the year who should have been Minka. What a stud that guy is. He changed our, He changed the entire season in the right system. So I and yeah, Homer for sure. But Minka one, Derwin two, Jamal three. Derwin just got to do something. Like he's dude, he was an All Pro his rookie year, dude. So rookie year, so All dumb. Pro. His, what his, do his, his rookie year, he was fucking one of the best rookie seasons that any player has had since. Fucking Taylor. 
Straight up. Yeah. Since Sean Taylor, there has not been a player that has been that dominant. They're they're rookie. I, ha- I have I have both Minnesota safeties above him. I have uh, I have uh, probably well, Gordy and Earl Thomas just based on what they've done. Um, he's he's had one good when he, season. He's only like, played yeah, one season. All right, he's well, only exactly. played it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it I, exactly. I I love I love the contention. This is a good now. This is a good conversation. I like when we disagree. I hate when we fucking agree. All right. I hate when we agree. Interesting statistic. Top five uh, pro football focus, highest greatest, sa- greatest safeties from 2006 to tw- 2017. The top three are Harrison Smith, Eric Weddle, and Troy Polamalu. Inclu- and then uh, Weddle and Rhodes, Kerry Rhodes, are, are included in that bunch, which Kerry Rhodes at a Louisville product uh, during the Rex Ryan years for the Jets. But anyway... Those are my top safeties that I have on my list. Harrison Smith is number one for me. He's been consistently one of the best safeties in the league for years. The, I, how you guys don't have him included in that list befuddles me. He's insane. Um, He's amazing. I have, him, I have him at number four. I have both safeties yeah, at yeah, four yeah. and five in Minnesota. I, I think I, they both help each other. They're products of each other. I have Jamal Adams. I have Jamal Adams at two. And then I have Minka Fitzpatrick at three. Minka, the thing is, he only has the one really good year to stand on. That's why I only have him at three. Um, how many How many years has he played? Two. Okay. I mean. He does fit that Steelers defense like a fucking glove, though. Dude, I, I don't even have Derwin in my top three, and I, uh, I gave I, it to I, Minka I, over Derwin. I, so I was actually he, surprised to say that. Yeah, exactly. So I don't either. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't think that I did anything unfair in, in respect to that. Uh, Jamal yeah. Adams has multiple good seasons of production, so that's why I gave him the edge at number two. But Harrison Smith has the most, and he's still really quality. He's a really quality player at that point position, uh, if not maybe the best safety in the league. He's probably a guy who's headed towards the Hall of Fame track. So, oh, 100%. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, so that's my top safety. Um, what about what, – what do you got, Will? Um, I, you know, I'm a – Oh, sorry. I'm a, uh, as far as like the top three, uh, one that come to my head are, um, Jamal Adams at three, definitely Minka Fitzpatrick at two. And then I, I've, I've just, I've loved Earl Thomas ever since he's been in the league, man. So yeah, I, 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 I give him a one. I mean, he's like what, 10 years. He's, Earl he's Earl just Thomas been is still stud. a really good player. He's a really good player. He, so he's just, if, if I'm picking a player for right now, I'm not going to take Earl Thomas. Yeah, then if you'd I'm, probably slide him back a couple spots and give it to the youth. So it, you'd you'd probably go Jamal Adams to Minka one if or or are they interchangeable? Yeah, I mean, I it's so hard. It's it's hard, man. Safety's Look, really hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. I mean, I love I I loved Minka. I was so happy when he got drafted by by my fans, and then you know, but I was even happier what we got out of everything. I think it it worked out for both organizations, for sure. and I wish uh, nothing but the best for Minka. So, so just a quick question while we while, while we got Will here, uh, you're a Dolphins fan. I love the Dolphins. Okay, how one? How do you become a Dolphins fan? And then two, <laughs> what do you think? What are your thoughts on the Dolphins for this year? Um, so you become a Dolphins fan most of the times by just being born into it. Like that's basically what happened. My dad's a Dolphins fan, so I'm a Dolphins fan because I was raised in South Carolina. Rough. So, so if I was raised in South Carolina, like. Um, most people from South Carolina are like Redskins fans, man. It's crazy because that's like Not what like came Panthers on TV. Fans? No, because like, you know, I'm, uh, I guess I'm, you're old enough. I'm a little to older. The point. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The Panthers went around then. So there, it's like a split. It's, it's Panthers or, or Washington because of the way the TV coverage was around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what do I think that the, the, I don't know if 
the improvement's going to equate to wins this year. Um, you and I have had a couple conversations about this. I mean, I just, I'm not sure, man. I just like the way everything is going. I love Flores. I love the way they've drafted the last two years. Um, you know, I went to, uh, last year was a lot of fun. I went to Dallas to watch us get just, Jerry world. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I, I watched us get pummeled by, uh, by the Cowboys and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of hopes around us. I mean, I think we're, you know, on the low end, we could we could only win four games. And I think on the high end, we could win as many as eight. It just de- yeah. really depends I on think, if everybody gels. Like, yeah. yeah. So you're like right there, a the little on the little low bit. end yeah, of the yeah, middle. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. I, I do think that the – so I, most of the, the cause for my putting them at five is that I think that their schedule is really hard. Yes. So I think so we're going into your guys' five. We haven't even gotten into my top three. Hold on. Yeah, next year. I'm so sorry. Next year, I think, is the Dolphins' year. P- potentially. Right, like, yeah. a, allegedly. Allegedly. All right. All right. All right. What, what do you got? What do you got? All right. So starting out at number three, and I'm, I'm glad to fucking go away from the mold. Uh, I'm going to go Justin Simmons. Uh, I'm, I'm an absolute sucker for PFF ratings. Uh, there is literally only one person in the defensive backfield that was high rated on the PFF ratings in 2019, and that was Anthony Harris of the Vikings. Um, Justin Simmons is a complete defensive back. He is not only good in coverage, he can also step up. Uh, he's uh, ridiculously good on, on on run protection. Like He is a do-it-all safety um, also a up and comer and what I think is going to be a dark horse team this year. I think Justin Simmons has a dominant 2020, just like he did at a dominant 2019. And I'm glad that nobody else included him on his, on his list because Drew, I, I think, think he's the best coverage safety. Uh, yes, I had him. He's, I had he's him absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. I think he's the yep. best coverage safety. Uh, number two, I have Jamal Adams, uh, Jamal Adams. I, I can't really say anything else about this guy, but that I have not seen an organization mistreat a talent like this in quite some time. This guy is going to be elite for the rest of his career. The fucking Jets. And they're already seeing this guy slip right through their fingers as they have so many other talents. What a terrible organization the Jets are. So they I saw something. are just such a joke in so many different ways. You court a very talented linebacker, uh, like Barr, how does that break down inevitably? It had to be something to do with the organization because you don't see a lot of those situations where a player is literally announced as the new signee of a team, and then the next day he has a new contract with the team he was already in. There is something very fucking wrong with that organization, and you are going to con- continue to see this go down as long as they keep the biggest tool bag piece of shit in the NFL right now, which is Adam Gase. The fact that that guy still has a coaching job, I'm not even talking about coordinator. The fact that that guy is even a coach in the NFL, he has some serious personality flaws. And some guys that I would compare him to that kind of lingered in the league for a number of years that I really never understood. Um, What's his name for the Browns? Uh, Why can't I... Pull his name up, uh, the head coach of the Browns. Hugh just Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Guy who clearly had some personality issues, was not performing well, some, for whatever reason was kept around by the Browns and other organizations. Not a good, a decent coordinator, not a good head coach. That's exactly what I think of Adam Gase. Um, can I, can I rebut no, no, for one cannot. second on the Jets? No, you cannot. 
so my number one is definitively Harrison Smith. There has not been a dominant safety like this in the league in quite some time. Uh, since Ed Reed, we were talking about Troy Paul Malu. If you actually look at Troy Paul Malu and Harrison Smith's stats, Harrison Smith has him in every single metric through the same amount of years of their career. Harrison Smith is only 31 years old. Could he sputter out like Troy Paul Malu? Absolutely. I mean, he might be done next year. I don't know. But has he been absolutely dominant, elite? Is he a possible Hall of Famer going out of this year? Very possibly. Um, Harrison Smith, he had a down year last year, but he is still so fucking talented and ridiculous. Yeah, like I said, I think there's at least five, six guys that you can have no arguments with being in that top three. Yes. Um, but uh, Dave Wansett was another coach that, that he's just always around. And you don't know why because he fails over and over and over. Um, good good point, former, former Dolphins head coach there. <laughs> yeah. um, so just one quick newsworthy moment on the Woody. Jets. Woody Johnson, who's the Jets' owner, which is, in my opinion, bad organizations start at the top had some accusations of, a, of some racist activity. So there's a chance that they force him to sell the team, which may change the whole tide for the Jets. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, people. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, because Jamal Adams was built for New York. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so The talent at that position right now is ridiculous. Who, who are some of the guys you guys had just outside? Because I had Justin Simmons just outside, Anthony Harris from the Vikings that we mentioned, um, and then Derwin. And then how about Eddie Jackson? Had a really productive year for the Bears. So underrated. Not this year, but last year. And the dude Good call was, on like, a, Jackson was call like a fourth-round pick or something. Coming out of Alabama off a torn ACL. He was a productive player at Alabama. Tore his ACL his last year there. And then winds up falling in the draft because of a torn ACL. And comes out and is an, an incredibly productive punt returner and kick returner, too. So And then he turns... And he, he he gets interceptions and turns them into touchdowns. Like that's why the Bears' defense was so good for the past few years. Eddie Jackson is a really good call out. Um, he, I, I've watched that guy and his career through the Bears. Obviously, seen him play the Vikings, and he is really fucking good. Yeah, yeah and and there, there's still a lot of good safeties that don't get recognition as they kind of b- bounce around. Ha ha, Clinton Dix, a stud. I'm still a Landon Collins fan. Jabril Peppers is another serviceable guy. Um, there's, there's so much talent at that position and, you know, what about Devin McCourty and what he's doing in New still, England? Still, still. Yeah. That did, that did well, old, but still good. So there's a challenging issue with safety, which is that what do you even judge your stats by? Because back in the day, do you remember when DBs used to average like nine, 10 interceptions a year? Those days are gone. Yeah. Like the top receiving like DBs are catching like seven interceptions nowadays. So what metric do you judge it by? And, and you, you, there's pass deflections. It's pretty much all advanced metrics. So that's why I go to PFF. Passes defensed is, exactly. is an important one. That's why I go to PFF because they take into consideration all these advanced. Like if you want to get like a pulse on like saber metrics as in like baseball, uh, go for to PFF. Football, for football. Yeah, for, for football. Like a, like a baseball version. Of, um, yeah. PFF is definitely the place. They, yeah. they they take into consideration some stats that almost any other rating source does not. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I love about Derwin James is just his versatility, right? So, like, they can use him as a pass rusher. They can use him in coverage. They can use him as a linebacker, whatever. Like, he is defined as a safety, but he really fucking plays everything. Like, so th- that's, to me, th- there's like, 
Is he a safety? Maybe not, but also he does everything. He impacts the game. He's a game changer, right? right. So we all loved Isaiah Simmons coming out of Clemson, except for probably Will because Clemson. Um, I just hate Clemson. <laughs> I don't hate the players. <laughs> but yeah, Isaiah Simmons coming into the league, we think he's going to be this ridiculous stud because he can do those kinds of things where he can he play is. multiple positions. I can line up at corner and take a couple snaps and beat your best receiver. And then I can play safety and pick your quarterback off because he's telegraphing where he's throwing the ball. You know what I mean? Like all those things, or I can rush him and sack him for 10 yards. I have lost. three vials of Isaiah Simmons sperm being oh. frozen and sent to me this, <laughs> this winter. S- s- send us, send us some money. We're auctioning it off. That's yeah. weird. Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah Simmons is one of the most athletic players that's ever Coming out of the draft, that guy is that He's guy. Long, is, man. So, question: He is fucking ridiculous. In two years, who's the best Simmons, Justin or Isaiah? Because oh, you put Isaiah, uh, Justin Simmons as your what three, two? Yep. Yeah, at and, cornerback, and closing there at, at safety. I, th- I think I think in five years that there's going to be some half-hearted, but like like good backing. Isaiah Simmons could be someone that we're talking about thirty years from now is. One of the best ever, not just just football just players. Straight up game changer. Just just the guy who you're like seeing highlight Reed. after highlight he, after he highlight. He joins some talented players, so it's going to be a really, really, really interesting dynamic there. I think I think he's a day one contributor. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he might he might wind he might find himself in the Pro Bowl this year. It's not it's not out of the question. He's like he's like a more athletic Von Miller. So like off the edge, like I don't know how you can stop that guy. He's he's gonna come off the ball so fast to you, and and if he can just literally get by you, he can definitely outrun you to the edge to the quarterback. But then drop him in coverage. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking insane. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like Daniel, I mean, like Daniel Hunter is is a decent comparable to him. Just like a guy that's just like so ridiculously ridiculously athletic. Except for he obviously has way more experience in like defensive backfield. Yeah. Sure. I, I hope we see something like insanely ridiculous where he's like blitzing, blitzing off the edge, hits the quarterback, hits a receiver on a slant, and then Isaiah Simmons g- gets up and chases the receiver down the field and catches him. Yeah, like, I got the one. That'd be yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So, so I mean, the the for, the Cardinals play the 49ers a lot. How much are you excited to see George Kittle lined up against Isaiah Simmons? Because yeah. we we're gonna see some of that. It's, oh, it's for sure. Playing out like crazy. They probably drafted him like to, for Kittle. Oh, I, I mean. Yeah, good play. For for one, the joke of the Cardinals draft is Isaiah Simmons. We had him what potentially going top three to five, and he falls to eight at the Cardinals, and they're just like, "Hey, yeah, robbery. we'll take him, sure." <laughs> like robbery. <laughs> Remember when I said I'd mortgage my house if he went uh, after six and a half? Yes. How, how'd that work out for you? Uh, yeah, I. I just bought a house. <laughs> yeah, trust me, smack your wife, my wallet. Your too. wife wouldn't let you mortgage it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. So speaking of George Kittle, who's the best tight end in the league? Kelsey. George Kittle. I think George it's Kelsey. Kittle. No, that's just me. One hundred percent. All right. Well, what about your top three for the series? Do you realize what Patrick Mahomes would do with George Kittle? It would be. Pandemonium. You think so? Have you seen that man block? It's My already, God, it's already pandemonium. Dude, he is he is an A plus blocker and an A plus receiver. Like he's one of the best tight ends I've ever seen in my entire life. He's he's unreal. The, them Iowa I'm boys grow strong. I generally don't know when did he yeah. get drafted. Uh, uh, second round, th- third. 
Third? I think he was a third round pick. Really? Yep. Third round pick. Kittle reminds me. The same draft is same draft as OJ Howard. OJ Howard went nineteen or some shit like that. Um, That play where he was getting gripped by the face mask is one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen in NFL history. Is that not touchdown? Is that not? (laughs) Dude, he is literally dragging a guy by his head, carrying his team to next round. That's how strong he is. Like just dragging that guy. Now I I know another on Steelers without a doubt. Oh, uh, in <laughs> now I, I know their styles are a little different, and obviously you're going to make a similarity, but because of the college, but there's something about him and Dallas Clark, just like obnoxiously, like fast and athletic, where you didn't see it until they just like started burning by people. But a sound, ideal tight end, great at blocking, great at doing the the perfect mechanics on the line, but surprisingly, like can get away from anybody for pass catching. So oh, you sure. think in the, like their primes better, uh, Gronk or uh, Kittle? I mean, it's hard to say because Kittle has hasn't only even had reached his prime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, okay. he's okay. not he's even like there 24. yet. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to be just a, on a transcendent player. Yeah. It's already, I look forward it's to watching him. I already watch a little bit more than uh, of the Niners now. I, I Debo, I loved him, man, in Debo, college. Yeah. He was Debo's great. A, he was the only Debo's thing we had to look forward to I, I, in, I think, in college. He's I think, awesome. I think Kittle definitely be better than Gronk. He, he might not score as many touchdowns. Um, he's low. He's more polished. I think um, more yardage. And, well, yardage, but I mean, not touchdowns. But he's he's a better blocker. Even though Gronk's an underrated blocker, but I think when it's all said and done, he'll be he'll be uh, slightly, if not head and shoulders above Gronk. So so the going to your Oof, Dallas Clark that's, that's comparison for for a moment there. The th- the thing I think that the, that separates them is I don't think that Kittle's quite as shifty. As Dallas Clark is, Dallas Clark has like a little wiggle to him that allows him to get open on short routes. Yeah, so you, Kittle, so you just missed you missed the part where I said maybe their styles aren't the exact. No, no, same, no. I know, I know. I'm just talking about I'm I'm explaining it and how I perceived it when you when you said it. The thing about Kittle is, so I mean, I think I give Dallas Clark the edge on catching a lot more catches because he's going to catch a ball, it's going to go for five yards, and then he's going to get tackled, and then they're going to get up and they're going to run a play, and he's going to catch the ball and they're going to move another five yards, right? Whereas Kittle is more explosive, so he's going to catch the ball and take it for the house, which makes the defense have to play a little bit more. It's not as much of a control-the-ball offense, but it's definitely impressive. I think you're just looking at the the finesse part. It's it's just more or less they're – both more athletic than you think, and they're very good blockers. Sound ideal tight ends. It's just that simple. Oh, absolutely. I'll sign up for either one of them all day. What, what, what about the rest of you guys' list? I think it's pretty easy. It's Kelsey and then Ertz. Um, you know, Kelsey's in this, the hugest douchebag. And if you want to talk about how awesome Kittle is, uh, Kelsey's <laughs> probably on the opposite end of that spectrum. Uh, just a complete bag. Uh, but you can't deny the talent. Uh, and then Ertz just is so consistent, right? I mean, you know what you're getting from Ertz year after year after year after Dude, year. Dude, Kelsey would be your best friend. You guys would love each other. You guys would get well, matching tattoos. So, so why do you think he's a douche? Tattoos? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, you and him would party your asses off together. Why, well, do you, why do you dislike him? I've already determined that I would love him. Dude. You wouldn't, you wouldn't love to hang out with Kelsey. Get the fuck out of here! Did you see him at the Super Bowl parade? He looked room, awesome. Man. You only can have one in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for your team, you don't want Kelsey on it, but you want to hang out with that dude. Yeah, for sure. 100. <laughs> he goes hard. He goes hard. No um, I question Ertz in the top three though. Did you guys have Ertz in the top three there? 100. I think so. I think it's a no brainer. So, so here's my the issue. Top three is a no brainer to me. Does 
Goddard eat into Ertz's value in Philadelphia because he yes, of course, and and so being but he's that still the case, so productive, he still is getting a home. Yeah, yeah he's still um, so productive. So actually, Pro Football Focus had had some some numbers to say about this, and you talked about how much you liked Pro Football Focus. So I in do. so last year, top four tight ends: George Kittle, ninety four point four; Mark Andrews, Baltimore Ravens, eighty eight point five. Travis Kelsey, 86.1. Tyler Higby, uh, the Rams, 86.1. There's no Zach Ertz. Yeah, look at the last I mean, four years. He was, sure. So they didn't have those any. Those guys don't have four years of yeah, production. They, they didn't have any wide receivers, and so he was being double covered pretty much every play. He was their best receiver. I would watch their games. He would be double covered pretty much every single play. How many Baltimore Ravens wide receivers can you name? Their system spreads everything so open. Mark Andrews doesn't do anything spectacular and nothing special. He's just but he, he graded out really highly. Yeah, like, because he's the guy he runs that a straight they line yeah. really well. They exactly. They literally ignore he's him. not a he, good. Player. He was a good player at Oklahoma. I mean, it's to say he's stat. not a good player is it, false. He is a good yeah. player. He may not be the best tight end, but he belongs in the conversation. I'm not saying that. Are you trying to make the argument that he's better? Than Ertz? No, I'm just trying to take Ertz down a notch a little bit because I think that that's that's the discussion point. Nobody's right. going to argue Kelsey or, or Kittle, or th- they're both the top two, right? It three Who's is the discussion third, point, right? I, I'm just talking about some other guys that we might consider. Is your third Higby? <laughs> no. Uh, what about what about Darren Waller um, from yeah. Oakland? He Waller's was really, really good. good. He's really good, right? He's really good. And then uh, I'm torn on him. He, here's my other question. So I'd give him like five. We've Waller. had we've had some issues in our fantasy league with uh, my love for Austin oh. Hooper in the past. Yeah. Is Austin Hooper a product of the system from Atlanta? And we're gonna find out now yes. that he's in Cleveland. Is where like where are you putting him versus like Hayden Hurst, who's taking I'm over that spot? Him, I'm dropping him way down. Do you have them he's right next to each other? Because that's what that's where the ADP right has them. They literally have Hayden Hurst and Austin Hooper right next to each other because they're like, we don't know what to do with this. Right. So after after Ertz, who are you guys taking though in the draft? Like top tight end, you need a tight end. Where does Gronk fit in? I see. That's that's the biggest question. I think he's four. the third tier for me. He, he's probably just inside the top ten. I'd gamble with them on a four. For sure. Really. Yeah. Oh, fourth round. Fourth round? No, no, no. He means not fourth round. He means the fourth, fourth tight, tight end, end off the board. End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fourth tight end off the board? Yeah. Ugh. And that, that would have to be based on ADP whether or not I would take him, obviously. I mean, he's going to get his. I mean, he's he's so familiar with Brady. It's just, I mean, oh, man. I, I, I couldn't draft him that high just because of the question marks, but you ha- you have to imagine he's, he's going to be a double-digit touchdown kind of guy. Yes. Yeah, Newman. Who do you like between game. Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry? Because they both ooze talent. Give me, and can't stay on give me, the field. Give me Ingram. Evan Ingram. Yeah, Evan yeah. Ingram and Hunter I, Henry. I, I, I'm more confident in the quarterback situation in 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 New York. So that's that. Yeah, yeah. Man, if either one of those guys had a better quarterback, I'd love both of them. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we should go ahead and wind this down. This is probably our longest podcast ever, hour and 42. Um, you know when you're getting to Hunter Henry versus Evan Ingram, you're fucking digging. Blame <laughs> <laughs> him. But, Will, thank you so much for coming on, man. You guys, thanks for having me, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Dude, really appreciate having you on. And uh, where can we check you out, Will? 
Yeah. Um, uh, fans only. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> I think it's only fans, uh, but is it? See, I don't even know. Um, good deal. Um, Newman knows can, well. You can find me on. Uh, I'm on Instagram Will er- at Will Erickson Music. Um, WillErickson.com kind of can get you pretty much wherever you want to go. And uh, so, check out my music on Spotify. And that's pretty much it. So you All normally right. get this a lot, Will, but uh, you were definitely you're definitely the most talented person in this room. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's rough, man. Uh, uh, my talents are different than these guys' talents. You guys, you guys are. <laughs> kill it with stats man i love it you guys are you guys are talented man don't ever take that all right guys we'll uh like follow share do what y'all gotta do get it get us out there people more more people need to hear this praise